Welcome to Leadership Matters with Dr. Cheryl G. This is your forum for exploring and discussing challenges that are faced by public and nonprofit leaders. And now, here's Dr. G. Hi, and good afternoon to Leadership Matters. I'm actually Jenny Frommer, and I co-host the show with Dr. G. And I'm really pleased today to have with us John Janetta. John has nearly 30 years of experience in the nonprofit sector, focused primarily on helping individuals of all ages to maximize strength and overcome barriers. John is the CEO at Heartland Family Service, and um, this is a 137-year-old human service agency which addresses the critical needs of vulnerable children and families in eastern Nebraska and southwest Iowa. Um, I met John when we were both um, participating in the Executive Leadership Institute of the Alliance for Children and Families. And John, welcome to the show. Thanks, Jenny. I'm glad to be here. I'm really thrilled that you're here. And um, I think that what you have to offer us today in terms of talking about some of the leadership programming that you're doing at your organization is going to be of great interest to the listeners. Um, maybe we could start out just really talking a little bit about your your work um, and also just to kind of introduce so that people get to know a little bit about you, John. What draws you to being a committed and talented leader? Well, I've been working in the nonprofit sector pretty much my whole career. And, um, you know, I started uh, with an educational background in social work. Um, I did some uh, time as a Peace Corps volunteer, and then I've, I've never really worked outside of that in what I would call a sort of a traditional social work agency until I came to this um, to this agency. But uh, regardless of where I worked, I recognized early on um, the importance of leadership at all levels of an organization. If, if the organization was going to be successful, there had to be good leadership, formal and informal. And then um, as I sort of progressed through my various roles and uh, organizations, I had the opportunity to, uh, I was actually thinking about getting a doctorate and then ended up deciding instead to get another master's degree in business administration um, in Omaha, Nebraska, where um, our agency is headquartered. There's uh, the Gallup organization has its um, one of its um, main um, locations. And at the, at the Gallup organization's um, offices here, they have what they call Gallup University. And um, a couple of years ago, well, actually probably about 10 years ago, they started a master's in business administration program in con- collaboration with the University of Nebraska-Lincoln and offered an MBA with an emphasis in executive leadership. And so I was just really drawn to that considering, you know, what I've always been thinking about, the importance of leadership in any organization's effectiveness. And so I ended up going there and getting my MBA. And so I was really, um, really able to take my thoughts about leadership to a whole other level um, particularly what I like about the Gallup model is that it focuses on positive the positive psychology, which is sort of the under, underlying, uh, I guess, um, structure to everything that they do at Gallup. Um, it's what they built their company on. And so, um, and I'm really drawn to positive psychology as well. I think it's my experience much better to start with a person or a community's assets and build on those rather than focus on weaknesses and try to resolve something that probably isn't going to get a whole lot better and um, generally speaking, and so um, so that's sort of what led me down this road um, to be even thinking about how do I build leadership in this organization. Mm-hmm. So, what does positive psychology actually look like on the ground? 
Well, on the ground, you know, particularly as you talk about leadership or management, it's um, understanding that people, every person has their own unique strengths. Um, and the key is to figure out what those strengths are and build on them versus focus on weaknesses and try to change those, which is typically how most organizations and managers function. Mm-hmm. Um, focusing on weaknesses, tend, you tend not to get really good results. You might be able to manage the weakness, um, and so you, you obviously can't just ignore weaknesses, but to try to turn them around and make a disorganized person, a highly organized person, or somebody who's kind of shy and reticent and not really apt to go out and meet new people, to turn them into some sort of world-class salesperson, probably not going to happen. But if you find a person who has the kind of strengths that would lead them to being organized or lead them to being able to go out and meet people and convince them to do something, um, then you're probably going to get a whole lot more traction. They're going to feel better about it. They're going to really be able to grow, um, and everybody wins. So it sounds to me like you as a leader or whomever kind of identifies these strengths in people, sometimes there may be, I would imagine, dormant, quote, strengths, um, that you would have to have really good assessment skills. Yeah, and that's really true, and that's one of the tools that I use in our leadership academy um, right at the very beginning is I have everyone take uh, the Gallup Strengths Finder, which identifies their, their top five signatures signature themes or strengths, areas of strength, according to the assessment that Gallup developed and has been using for years and years and years now. So this may be a really good segue then to actually talk about the Leadership Academy, which you've developed at Heartland. Mm-hmm. So um, I actually have been involved in leadership programs for quite a while, uh, first um, actually participating on a curriculum committee and a steering committee of a of a local um, community-based leadership program, our, uh, what we call Youth Leadership Omaha. It was something that our Chamber of Commerce actually initiated, uh, gosh, probably about 20 years ago now. And um, and so it was just getting started, and I was asked to be involved on the curriculum committee. And so with that particular um, program, we looked at uh, working with high school students, sophomores in high school and particularly, um, moving them through some sort of leadership development program where we would meet with the, the group, the kids, all at um, all together maybe uh, once a month roughly during the school year. And each of those days was focused on a different sort of a theme. Um, then uh, when uh, my previous position, my previous organization, I developed an, a leadership program for our, in- our internal staff as well. And I used that model of having a day-long theme sort of to structure what I did because I really liked how that um, that theme provided a nice sort of umbrella for mm-hmm. all the activities that helped mm-hmm. people to kind of understand where the day was going and how things tied together really well. And so I did the same thing when I came here. And so um, I identified a number of different themes. So all together um, we have uh, six different days each day focusing on a different theme. And so we meet all day long, focus on that theme and do a range of different activities. Each of those themes um, addresses anywhere from four to five terminal, what I call terminal learning objectives, activities, knowledge, skills, or what have you that the, the participants will be able to um, learn at, by the end of the day and incorporate into what they do. How large are these groups usually, and, and how do you determine who would be a good candidate for the Leadership Academy at Heartland Family Service? Well, we um, decided to... Um, and I, and I like keeping the group relatively small, between 2025, around 2025. How large is your staff, John? 
we have 400 employees altogether. Okay. And so um, in terms of identifying them, um, the way we've been doing it, the way we've done it here is our vice presidents and their program directors identify who they see are sort of the uh, rising stars in their areas, and then they nominate them to me. So it's a nomination process to actually become part of the academy. Yes. Mm-hmm. And then once once I once I receive the nominations, then uh, send out a letter and an and a registration form to those nominees saying you've been nominated, and here's here's all the here's basically what you're getting into. These are the days when we're going to be meeting. These are the themes. Um, there's going to be a capstone project you're going to have to do. There's going to be homework periodically you're going to have to do. Um, and here's all the different things I need you to provide in advance if you're going to participate, including going online and taking the Strengths Finder assessment. And then um, so that if they want to participate, they um, return the registration form to me, signing off that they're going to participate, including I have them initial all of the various sort of components that they're committing to, like making sure that they can attend all of the seminars because it's spread throughout the year. So I want to make sure that they're going into their calendar and seeing, can, am I free all of these days? Because if you miss one, you've missed a lot of content. Mm-hmm. And, of course, there's a, there's a um, place at the bottom that says, you know, I'm, I, I, re- I want to participate, but I don't want to do it now. Or thank you, I'm, I'm really not in- This isn't something that would be interesting for me personally. And, and that's fine. I encourage them in the letter, this is not something you have to do. No shame in saying this is really not for me. I haven't had anybody take me up on that yet, but we've only done it a couple times here at this agency. So. Mm-hmm. And we're going to go to break in a few minutes, but one of the questions that I have being at a nonprofit, and um, I did introduce myself as Jenny Fruma, but I'm the COO at a, at a family service agency very similar to yours. We have 200 employees at Alpert Jewish Family and Children's Service in West Palm Beach. Um, what kind of quote sell was this to like a board of directors and how did you get people to come on board and go on this journey with you? It was actually part of our strategic plan. We identified um, that succession planning was an issue in the agency, uh, that we needed to increase the diversity of our leadership team and our middle managers. and um, And one way that we thought might be a good way to do that would be to grow the people within our organization because we have lots of diversity at entry level and sort of the next level up. Um, so we, are, we, we have lots of diversity. How do we grow that? And we have lots of star employees at other levels. How do we keep them in the agency um, so that they can contribute um, more and more to the work that we do? And even if they decide that they want to move on, that there's someplace else out in the community that they want to contribute, if we've enhanced their leadership skills, all the better for the community because ultimately we're about community impact. And as the CEO, what kind of dialogue did you have with your board of directors? Well, the dialogue really occurred during the strategic planning process and uh, where they really have a, had a concern about succession planning mm-hmm. because um, previous to my coming on board, and I've only been with the agency three years now, the CEO who, had been my pre- who was my predecessor was here for 22 years. And on our senior leadership team of about nine people, about five are in their 60s. So um, at some point, those people will, will make a choice to retire or to um, step down somewhat in their work and responsibilities here, and other people will have the opportunity to move up. And, and so they, I was tasked with creating a succession plan, but succession plans are only sort of, in my experience, the final piece or one, just one tiny piece of a, what a succession plan should be. A succession plan is really more about a talent management process and 
part of that process means you have to have a way to develop your people so that they can gain the leadership experience and, and, and um, skills needed to be able to move up and be effective in, the, in these roles, mm-hmm. requiring more and more responsibility. Right. And, and it's, I really like the points that you're touching in terms of mission and alignment and strategic planning and all of those components. Um, we're going to go to break in just 30 seconds, but when we come back, I'd really like to start off maybe talking, if you would, about you're in a leadership position and we're able to bring this to the organization. What would leaders in an organization who had ideas like this, what kind of um, suggestions might you give them to kind of try and manage up and, and bring an idea like this to an organization and then really want to delve more into some specifics about the Leadership Academy. Um, you're all listening to Leadership Matters. I'm co-hosting Jenny Fruma with Dr. G. Um, we're on... Every Wednesday, I'm talking with John Janetta from Heartland Family Services, and uh, Leadership Matters, it's informing leaders and inspiring leaders. Thanks so much. We'll be back in a few minutes. business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Leadership Matters is brought to you by InnoVisions. Need to improve leadership, staff, or organization performance? Contact InnoVisions today for quality, effective, and affordable leadership, staff, and organization development training, coaching, and consulting services. Call 858-244-8264. That's 858-244-8264. Or email G at dr.g at innovisions.org. InnoVisions is a social enterprise of the Neighborhood House Association of San Diego. Funds raised go to support the Neighborhood House Association's mission, developing children, families, and future leaders of our communities through empowerment, education, and wellness. Technology is changing the way we live our lives and how we do business. On CIO Talk Radio, we talk about the benefits of technology and the great things it allows us to do, as well as its risks. Heard every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Central, 7 a.m. Pacific, Sunjo Gall interviews business leaders and other experts that are shaping the way we use technology. To learn more about the show, visit www.ciotalkradio.com. Keep up with the changing world of technology and listen to CIO Talk Radio with Sunjo Gall. Listen in every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Central, 7 a.m. Pacific, right here on Voice America Business. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. listening to Leadership Matters with Dr. G. If you have a question or comment about today's program, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Or send an email to dr.g at innovisions.org. Now, back to Leadership Matters with Dr. G. Hi, I'm Jenny Fruma. I'm co-hosting Leadership Matters with Dr. G. 
And today we have with us John Janetta. John Janetta is the CEO at Heartland Family Service in Nebraska and serves the Nebraska and Southwest, Southwest Iowa area. We've been talking about Leadership Academy, which is a program that uh, John Janetta has brought to his organization. And um, this program, as you well know, is about informing leaders and inspiring solutions. And just before the break, we were talking about Leadership Academy, and we've started describing it. But the question that I'd asked John is, as a leader, he has, if you will, the capability and the capacity and uh, this program that he brought to nominate people into a leadership academy came about because of strategic planning and uh, the recognition for succession planning in middle and senior management. And, John, just before the break, we were talking about how and some of the tips that you might have for a leader within an organization who might have an idea like this but not really be in a position. So what kinds of steps might 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 someone within an organization take to kind of start getting some buy-in for doing some leadership within their own, leadership training within their own organization? Well, you know, I, even though we had it written into our strategic plan, or it wasn't specifically to create a leadership academy, but the idea of um, some sort of talent management succession planning process. Um, when I, I, the idea sort of came together for me, I, I wrote a proposal which I presented to our leadership team and then subsequently shared with the board as a report, not so much to get their approval, but just to let them know what we were doing. Um, and so I think a similar sort of process uh, would be useful in any organization. I mean, generally, I identified, you know, what were the issues that needed to be, that could be solved by um, implementing um, a leadership academy. I talked about what the goals would be and how it would be structured because I knew one thing that the leadership team would want to know is how much time would staff need to be away from their jobs um, because there's a cost associated with that, obviously. Could you talk um, more about that? What's that? Could you talk more about the costs associated with doing this type of in-house training? Well, um, you know, besides the, um, you know, there's some hard costs associated with having a day-long seminar. So there's refreshments and lunches and depending on some, in a couple instances, facility rental and other sort of fees. Um, and I, as I sort of drew out the, what the curriculum would be for each one of the days, I had a piece of the curriculum that talked about budget so that they could see not only overall what would cost and what would it cost per person, but where those costs came from as I thought about how I would structure each one of the six seminar days. And, um, but there was also the cost of having people be away for a day. Now, in, in general, it's not, a, it's not a real cost in that you're already paying the person their salary. But it becomes more of a bottom line issue if the person's an hourly person and not a salaried person. Or I would imagine if that person is actually um, working and creating fees and revenues within the organization. Exactly. Unless there's a way that they'll make that up at some other point. Right, opportunity. Or, if you, or you have to pay to have somebody come in and fill that position for them while they're gone. Right. But it's not any different than when, you, when these people will go to a conference or anything else. It's just... And, and so it wasn't a major barrier, but it was something that they needed to understand and probably have in their mind as they, as we go through this year after year, that they, if they're going to have maybe four or five people from their area participating, then they need to kind of figure that out in their planning and budgeting. Do you think that's been a barrier for some VPs to nominate any of the other employees? 
Um, I think it was a little bit of a concern at first, but um, after you know having done the program a couple times and um, the VPs actually went through the program the first year, um, it's not an issue at all anymore. Mm-hmm. We have a bigger issue, I think, in that um, everybody wants to nominate lots of people and <laughs> you, you get let the, the class get too big and I think they start to lose something. Because one of the things, one of the sort of side benefits that I really want from this is that being such a large agency and having um, 16 different locations across the area that, we're, that we serve in seven different communities in two different states, it's hard for our staff to get to know each other. And one of the one of the value adds that we have being a family service agency is that we can help clients and families across the lifespan with multiple different barriers that they might they might um, encounter. But that value add diminishes if our staff don't work well together and mm-hmm. don't know really don't know how the other programs are working and and to make really good and accurate referrals and seamless referrals and what have you. So it's really important to me that everybody's working really well together, and that's hard to do in the absence of a relationship, a personal relationship. And so um, one of the sort of side benefits I look for is bringing all these people together, emerging leaders together, and giving them the opportunity to get to know each other. Well, the class gets too big, and you start to lose some of that. Hmm. Um you mentioned the, well, I actually put it in terms of ROIs and return on investment and some of the hard costs and the opportunistic costs um, and the cost of maybe not being available to, to do something else. And we've spoken about the strength-based leadership. Um, can you talk a little bit about leadership and sustainability, which I see is actually a whole section in your training? Yeah, um I should uh, maybe describe what are some of the things that we focus on as part of the, the, the um, academy. That would um, be great. Like I said, each day focuses on a different theme. The very first one is called strengths-based leadership, and that's where I orient them basically to, to the whole program and go over all the various components and what they're going to have to do and what they can expect and that sort of a thing. And then we spend the rest of the um, morning talking about uh, strengths-based psychology. They've all taken the strengths finder assessment online before they've come, and they've got they've received their um, report, which gives a summary of their top five. But they don't really know what it means, and so we spend some time basically um, understanding and sharing with one another about what those strengths mean. Not just what Gallup says they mean, because I give everybody a, a book that Gallup puts out that provides a good. It's a great resource that provides a lot of information about not only what the strengths mean, but how you can lead others who have the same these strengths. If you don't have them yourself, how do you lead people who do? And um, and so we do, do a bunch of different activities where they get to know, become more familiar with their own strengths, but also how the other strengths work and how these strengths can interact um, and that sort of thing. And then we spend the rest of the afternoon out on a, um, a trust course where they get to practice putting some of what they know about strengths to use as they work with people they may not know all that well to go through some different obstacles and what have you. And that's one of the other things I try to do. I try to incorporate in all of the seminar days, understanding adult learners, that um, the, a lot of, of what we do, it needs to be a mix of different sort of experiences and activities. So sometimes they're listening, sometimes they're really hands-on, um, but the, the, there's lots of different activities. It's not just sitting there, PowerPoint, PowerPoint, PowerPoint. In fact, we try to do really very little of that and have it be a lot more reflection hands-on um, discussion and what have you. 
And um, so we focus out. So we start with strengths based. The next time we meet, we talk about what uh, a lot of research refer to as authentic leadership development. And this is the idea that lots of times, organically, our leadership skills develop because of the experiences that we have. Sometimes they develop, they really develop when we have really, um, I guess some people might say really horrible things happen, but sometimes it can be really, really great things too. The thing about it is you don't have to wait for those things to happen organically. You can structure them for people so that they can develop those leadership skills in the absence of one of those huge life events or what have you. And so um, we really focus on uh, what, again, some research that Gallup has done about the seven demands of leadership, and we dive into each what, what, each, what each of those seven are and, again, spend a lot of time in reflection um, and getting to know what those demands are so that we can understand how to grow them. Uh, then the next time we meet, we talk about um, sharing and creating and sharing your vision, which is actually one, uh, one of the seven demands of leadership, but it's such an important one. We take a whole day to talk about how do you create a vision, what's the difference between vision and mission and goals and objectives, um, and then how do you communicate. Once you have a vision, it doesn't do any good if you're not communicating it, and people need to hear it a lot and in different ways. So how do you make that happen? And so everyone gets to write their own vision and um, share it with everybody else and get feedback on that. And then um, we spend a day at a, a local um, contemporary art uh, organization and focus on creativity and innovation because it's a really important part of leadership and one that I want to grow even more here at our agency. And then um, another session focuses on change management, leadership and change management, Which where is they so learn critical. a very specific change mm -hmm. management process. And then we have a day that focuses on operations. So this is a, not like a, a, it's a little bit more tactical than a, you might expect from a leadership um, academy, but I think it, in our organization I really want people to understand who are emerging leaders, how we do budgeting, um, how, how we do cost allocations, um, understanding more about risk management and some of those HR, high-level HR issues and what have you. And then the last day is on sustainability, which you had mentioned at the beginning. And initially, I was thinking the first year we did it, we focused on personal sustainability and, as well as programmatic sustainability. But the second year, we, we kind of rearranged it a little bit and, and focused really more on personal sustainability and well-being. Mm -hmm. It's an important part of our work as a human service right. agency. Is, what an incredibly rich program that you have. And, and I'm kind of sitting here and thinking, wow, when some of our staff listen to this, they're going to start drooling. And um, it's interesting to me that I immediately started thinking of sustainability as it relates to leadership because what I was hearing initially is, is how well aligned this was with regard to your uh, strategic plan initially and also succession planning. So it, it's a really phenomenal program. And when we come back, Valerie Wright is going to join us, and Valerie is our co-producer. Um, and she has some questions that people have been kind of typing in, and she'll also give the listeners the place or the uh, address to type in if they have any questions. And um, we're so pleased you're with us. You're listening to Leadership Matters, Inspiring Leaders, and, uh, sorry, informing leaders and inspiring solutions. We'll be right back. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. 
Leadership Matters is brought to you by InnoVisions. Need to improve leadership, staff, or organization performance? Contact InnoVisions today for quality, effective, and affordable leadership, staff, and organization development training, coaching, and consulting services. Call 858-244-8264. That's 858-244-8264. Or email G at dr.g at InnoVisions.org. InnoVisions is a social enterprise of the Neighborhood House Association of San Diego. Funds raised go to support the Neighborhood House Association's mission, developing children, families, and future leaders of our communities through empowerment, education, and wellness. We hear it and read about it every day in the news. Stock prices plunging, home prices receding, and unemployment growing. How can you preserve and increase your wealth in this kind of economy? Tune in to Turning Hard Times into Good Times with host Jay Taylor. Jay will explain the decline of our monetary system and the economy and will give you winning investment ideas and the tools to protect and increase your wealth. Turning Hard Times into Good Times with Jay Taylor can be heard Tuesdays at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. You are listening to Leadership Matters with Dr. G. If you have a question or comment about today's program, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Or send an email to dr.g at innovisions.org. Now, back to Leadership Matters with Dr. G. And welcome back to Leadership Matters. I'm not Dr. G. I co-host the show with Dr. G. I'm Jenny Fruma. I'm the COO at Alpert Jewish Family and Children's Service in West Palm Beach, Florida. Today we have on the phone with us, as our guest, John Janetta. John Janetta is the CEO at Heartland Family Service in Nebraska, which services the Nebraska and Southwest Iowa areas. Also joining us for this segment, and hopefully will stay for the rest of the show, is Valerie Wright, our co-producer. And Valerie is from Wright Ideas Unlimited. We've been talking about the Leadership Academy, which John brought to and developed and has implemented, and it's just a really rich um, opportunity for employees at Heartland Family Service to be really um, entrenched in and uh, participate in leadership development. And so, Valerie, this is usually the segment, welcome, Um, and it's usually the segment where we see if listeners have really great, interesting questions for us. Yes, Jenny, we have a question today from Margie in Minnesota. Margie says, what are the critical components of a leadership training program, whether internal or external? Well, I think one of the critical ones is to um, use resources that are based in research, because uh, there's a lot, a lot of uh, leadership uh, material out there that um, people develop that sounds good and it seems to make sense, but is it really based in research? And if you if you emulate that, those activities or actions, are you going to get different results? And that's one of the reasons why I really like using Gallup's materials because it's all based in research mm-hmm. um, that's been tested time and time and time again. Um, and not only just um, single analysis, but meta-analysis of data. So it, uh, uh, 
that, that would be one, I think, important recommendation. Um, I think another is, like I was mentioning before, is that, you know, we're working with adult learners. So it, it's got to, you, in, a couple of, in a couple of different ways, you need to honor that fact. One is by providing lo lots of different ways for people to learn and draw on their own experience. And another is to um, make some of the activities sort of optional. So, for example, um, I get, invite all of the participants to, um, to journal. And I've created a journal that um, uses the, um, as a sort of a springboard, the topics that we discussed in, we discuss in the various leadership sessions. So after every session, then they get another handout to include in their journal that gives them some discussion, some questions that they can use. They don't have to just stick to those questions. In the original guide I give them, I talk, give them all kinds of information about why journaling is important and different ways that they can journal and have you. But I don't require them to do it. I don't, they don't have to turn it into me. They can share it with me if they want to, if they want to get feedback. But it's really up to them as an adult learner. They have to take responsibility for the learning. So trying to build that in as much as possible is an important feature. And then I think another is that, um, and, I, and I, I talk about this a lot, but the way you develop your leadership is by processing experiences and learning from them. And you can't do that without spending some time really thinking about not only things that have happened in the past, but where you want to go in the future. So at some point, there has to be opportunities to explore that. And then at some point, there has to be a mechanism for the participants to be able to create some sort of a plan that they can take with them that's going to help them grow, go from where they are now to where they want to go. Wow, what a great answer, John. And we really thank the listener for sending in that question. Valerie, did you want to share anything? Would you? Uh, no, I, I think what he says is true. It's reflection. And I um, actually met with a client today that I'm coaching, and one of the things that I encouraged her to do was journal her experience, her thoughts as she's going through the process. One, it makes the individual become more self-aware pay attention to what they're doing, what their actions are, and I think that makes for a good leader. So I totally agree with John. Mm -hmm. I think that self-awareness is oftentimes the difference between being a really effective leader and someone who may have a lot of knowledge and skills but not really be able to demonstrate leadership. Right, or judge their impact on mm -hmm. others or others' impact on them. Yeah. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Do you have another question for us, Valerie? Thank I you do. so much for sending that one in. Yes. I have a question from Timothy in California. Uh, Timothy's question is, what are some of the advantages of instituting an internal training program, and what are some challenges organizations face in implementing and achieving success? Um, well, I think the, the advantage is that you can customize it to meet your needs because um, there are some um, environmental issues that shape sort of the leadership, the leadership that you're looking for, you're wanting to develop, and so, um, and, and because you developed internally, you can continue, you can continuously um, revamp it to meet your needs as you go along. So, in fact, I remember when we did it the first year, I told the um, the first year participants, I apologize at the very beginning. I said, I just want to apologize to you because the experience you're going to have ultimately, I mean, you're the guinea pigs. You're the first ones going through it. You're going to give me feedback that's going to make this better for the next group and on and on. And so um, I apologize, but you're probably going to have the, 
the worst, ex I mean, it's going to be a great experience, but it's not going to be near as great as people maybe four or five years from now. And everyone kind of laughed about it. And I said, but you can come through it again if you want. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, and, and that's truly what's happened. So um, the, after every session, I collect lots of feedback. And at the very end, in more of a discussion format, I collect even more feedback. Now I have somebody who's doing it from externally coming in and meeting with people and gathering even more feedback. So we're constantly able to really shape the program to meet our needs. So I, I really think that's a huge advantage, and I, I would encourage organizations who want to have a leadership program to develop their own. There's tons of resources out there that you can use to help you, but um, I think there's a lot of value in creating it yourself. A barrier is that it takes time to do it, mm -hmm. and um, and so it, it has to be, it just has to be enough of a priority that someone can be assigned to get that done. I personally feel, as a CEO, that it's the best, a, a really good way for a CEO to use his or her time um, because one of the advantages of doing it internally and having the CEO lead it is that um, you get to make sure that the vision that you have for the agency is being communicated firsthand to the people that are emerging as leaders or who currently are leaders. Right. Yeah, and it would so seem to me that it, that it is such a strong way and an effective way to really engage in knowledge transfer. Yeah. And so, I, and I don't just involve myself. I get other leaders in the organization involved too. So it's, and one thing I want to add um, this year is to give um, the participants the opportunity to attend a board meeting, and see other leaders who are involved in the community who actually own the mission of the agency and are responsible for that, um, to have them see firsthand how they in, interact and how they make decisions and lead our agency. Because they, most of our staff never have that opportunity. And, I thought this would be another additional way. If people are interested, again, keeping with my that idea of adult leaders need to have those options, that they could be able to choose right. to do that. So what a great idea to do that, and, and it really kind of, Timothy, your question, we really appreciate because it's right on target in terms of that the benefits to doing it internally is that you have all these additional resources that are available. It's not kind of just like going to class and then what do you do with the information that you have? How do you apply it? You're really living it while you're learning it and being part of it. And, and you're, again, you're, and you're you... strengthening relationships mm -hmm. with your peers because that's really a lot of the learning happens with peers because another another way that I structure it is uh, when the, um, the very first day I've, I've actually gone through and I have pre-sorted the participants into groups. And um, when they come together, I have them sit together at least for the first few, the first three sessions, and um, so they can get to really know each other. And they have to then, at the very end, present a capstone project, which is a, a small change project where they implement a lot of what they've learned, not only in terms of change management, but all the leadership skills required to work together with a group of people they may not know all that well to get right. something done. And then they <clears> present throat> it throat> to the entire leadership team and all the program directors at their graduation. Sounds terrific. Valerie, any comments, thoughts? No, I, I totally agree with John. I think it's the customization makes an internal uh, training program outstanding. And um, as I, I also implemented, I was, I was the vice president of organization development. And the first year, John, we started out as a management academy but realized by that second year that we really needed to make it a leadership 
um, uh, Institute. Can you talk more with, to that, Valerie? Because I think the whole issue and, and notion of management and you know understanding the difference, quote, between leadership and management is sometimes a real challenge. Could you talk more about that and that transition? Yes, I think the the what happened. We were targeting. Um, our managers, mid-level managers in the organization, so we were speaking the skills. One of the things we did, we had a new CEO um, when we instituted the first academy, um, so we were targeting mid-level managers and high potentials in the organization. Um, and so we dealt with issues of change, what the new, organi- uh, new CEO's vision was, um, dealt with more specific skills around managing, but realized we needed to help managers take on their leadership in the organization to um, be equipped to lead the organization into that new vision, as um, as our CEO used to say, strengthen our bench so that they could, um, as a part of succession, be ready to step in at the next level of leadership. Is so that we, a baseball analogy? Uh, it, any analogy. sports analogy. You <laughs> want the folks on the bench to be as ready as those that uh, are always the, the starters. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh. So that he he was a big – well, I actually did some coaching, but mm-hmm. I'm not a sports person to, to really understand, right, right. but I understood the the, the concept. Yes, well, I just that, shared with all of our listeners that I clearly am, am not a sports person. <laughs> <laughs> and, yeah, but it was that the whole notion was we wanted mm-hmm. every person that stepped into leadership to be ready to lead, and part of that was getting them ready while they were uh, in management positions as first-line supervisor, as a person who may not be a supervisor at all but had high potential for the next level getting them ready for that, and that's why we went from a a management to leadership academy, dealing with very much the same things John talked about, you know, sharing that vision, making sure people knew what it was. Um, We even included our executive leadership team in teaching a session where they dealt with the area they led in in terms of training and preparing others to understand what their responsibility throughout the agency was. So so there's really are some similarities there. Oh, very and, much, very much. And, and Timothy, again, thank you so much for your question. Um, I don't know if you have any other questions, Valerie, that listeners might have emailed in, but we're out of time for the segment. So we're going to go to a break, and when we come back, we're going to pick up with some more discussion with Valerie and John. I hope you'll stay with us, Valerie. I'll stay. And you're listening to uh, Leadership Matters, Informing Leaders, Inspiring Solutions. We'll be right back. business community's first choice in internet talk radio voice america business network leadership matters is brought to you by InnoVisions. need to improve leadership staff or organization performance contact InnoVisions today for quality effective and affordable leadership staff and organization development training coaching and consulting services 
Call 858-244-8264. That's 858-244-8264. Or email Dr. G at dr.g at innovisions.org. InnoVisions is a social enterprise of the Neighborhood House Association of San Diego. Funds raised go to support the Neighborhood House Association's mission, developing children, families, and future leaders of our communities through empowerment, education, and wellness. Hey, did you know Voice America has partnered with the Kidstar Network to expand their reach through Voice America Kids? Voice America Kids will feature talk radio for kids, by kids, along with special event programming and live broadcasts. Each program is conveniently archived for on-demand listening at any time. Please check our archives for the latest events and happenings on voiceamericakids.com. Zoom Leadership. It's the big picture issues of the day, up close and personal capabilities of leadership, and a desirable future of constant renewal. Zoom Leadership. It's the economic crisis made clear, patterns and perspectives of leadership, and the importance of changing the way we pursue our future. Join host John Schmidt every Monday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time. Zoom Leadership. An inside look at what's really going on in business, government, and civil society. Tune in every week on the Voice America Business Channel. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You are listening to Leadership Matters with Dr. G. If you have a question or comment about today's program, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Or send an email to dr.g at innovisions.org. Now, back to Leadership Matters with Dr. G. Hi, welcome back. This is Jenny Frumer, co-host with Dr. G. For Leadership Matters, Informing Leaders, Inspiring Solutions. Um, today we have a guest with us, John Janetta, who is the CEO at Heartland Family Service. And um, John is in Nebraska and serves the Nebraska and Southwest Iowa area. Also joining us and with us this afternoon is Valerie Wright from Wright Ideas Unlimited. And we've been talking about leadership academies in uh, nonprofits, social service, human service organizations. And uh, we just continued talking through the break. So I think we need to just kind of back up a little bit and uh, pick up where we left off in terms of some similarities and uh, between Neighborhood House and their leadership academy, of which you were part of, Valerie, and John Hartland Family Service. Um, and the kinds of things, and, and we were talking about how great it is, Valerie. Take it away. Um, yes, I was sharing um, with John that I really commend him as a CEO to be involved with training and developing the organizational leaders at such a level. Just imagine, I could imagine the impact and um that he has on the leadership at every level of that organization from the, by the time he spends in that um, environment, that setting with those leaders, making sure they understand the vision and communicating with them in a way that managers and leaders don't 
ordinarily get to connect with the lead, the CEO of the organization, and then to that being taken back into the organization because they clearly understand it because they got it directly from him, and then the relationship that gets built in terms of them carrying out that vision and understanding the impact that they need to make in the organization to get that firsthand from the CEO is, I think, just absolutely fabulous. Just imagine the influence that he has at every level of the organization. Mm. John, your reaction to that? Yeah, I mean, I, it's, um, I really enjoy being able to have that opportunity to um, not only get to know the 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 employees who are really on the front line, either serving other employees who are who are meeting clients' needs and impacting the community, or who are on the front lines doing that mm-hmm. themselves. Um, I I learn so much um, about what they're doing, more of the real details, more than I could get from reading a summary or hearing uh, another manager talk about it. Um, but I also get to really understand sort of uh, their passion. I get to see it firsthand, and that just really excites me. It, it, it's why I come to work. I remember when I was getting my executive, uh, my um, master's in business administration degree, they showed us a movie about, um, and it was about a, a software company on the East Coast that's privately owned. And the guy who owned it said, they were, they were showing him, it was sort of like a documentary, he said, um, you know, I consider my number one job as the CEO of this company to make sure that the 80% of my assets who drive off of the parking lot every night come back the next day. Mm, that's and powerful. I never forgot yeah. that. And now he had a ton of money, and so the way one of the ways he did that was he invested all kinds of stuff. I mean, he had three um, artists and residents who did nothing but create art to stimulate creativity and and have people feel good about where they worked. They had their own country club. They had their own preschool. They had uh, three social workers who worked with um, the employees if they need, from everything from helping them plan. Um, college planning for their kids to solving problems that they might be having in their families to what have you. I mean, there's just all kinds of things like that. Right. And we might know today some corporate corporations that can do those kinds of things. I think for nonprofits and public um, organizations, we really have to find these kinds of things to really keep people engaged and focused and feeling good about their mission and interactions with uh, the people that they work with. Um, You know, in kind of wrapping up today's show, I, I feel like we could have three shows about this topic and really dig deeper. Um, I want to spend the last few minutes that we have, though, asking John and then also Valerie, please jump in, about your final thoughts um, for listeners to consider regarding effective leadership styles, just kind of generally speaking, or anything about that which we've discussed today. Well, you know, I don't know if there's um, one particular effective leadership style. I think that the key to effective leadership is figuring out who you are and uh, why you are the way you are and what you add and what makes you unique and special and then using that in ways that add value. Um, sometimes our strengths can also, there can be a dark side to them. So it's understanding that too, but it's that awareness we were talking about earlier, having really crystal clear um, Awareness and working out all the time, understanding there's always more you can learn about yourself and others, and and then being and once you figure that out, be be true to who you who you are. We have this idea that you can be anything you want to be if you work hard enough, and I don't know that that's necessarily true. You can be anything that you are, that you already are, 
if you figure out what that is, and then you just grow it and grow it and grow it. So, you know, if somebody who's, you know, five feet tall probably isn't going to be a world-class, um, you know, basketball player on a pro, pro team, um, somebody who isn't um, naturally outgoing, like I was saying earlier, and really loves meeting people and winning them over, probably isn't going to be a world-class salesperson. But there are other strengths that you have. You just have to figure out what they are and then grow those. You'll be so much more successful. You'll be happier, and you'll make a much, much bigger impact. Wise words from a clearly very engaged and remarkable leader. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Valerie. Uh, mine very simple. I think leaders uh, listen and they learn. Uh, we often think it's our role as the CEO or the executive to do all the speaking and telling, and our role is to listen and to really hear and then learn from what we hear. I think it's important as a leader to be uh, able to engage people on a personal level where you can connect and really hear and understand where they're coming from. Uh, We talked about this, I think, on another show in terms of first seeking to understand and then acting on what you understand Mm -hmm. and um, then understand your impact on others. Um, we, We can sometimes not be aware of how we are influencing others, and I think as leaders we do influence, and we need to be aware of what that influence is is doing or um, mm-hmm. impacting. And sometimes in a leadership position, people watch you very, very closely. Very close. That's what you were talking to. I'd like to invite you to share any references. Um, John, you've referred to a couple of books and a couple of materials or any upcoming events you'd like to share with our listening audience. Well, um there's lots of really good um, leadership um, books out there. And, again, I really like um, a lot of the work that the Gallup organization um, offers. So if you go to um, gallup.com, you can find a lot of their books. So the one that I use uh, with our um, leadership academy that I give to every, I purchase and give to every um, uh, member is or participant is their strengths-based leadership book. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And when you buy a book, when you buy that book, you also get a code to take the Strengths Finder. So you're getting the book plus the access to the assessment. Terrific. And on general, you can buy them on at Amazon. You can buy it off their website. They're around fifteen dollars. Yeah. Thank you, um, John. I want to make sure before we get cut off, um, because we really have run out of time. I really thank you so much for being a guest on our show today. And Valerie, thank you for joining us. Um, very much appreciate both of you and for sharing all of your fabulous experience. And um, I'm Jenny Fruma. I'm co-host for Leadership Matters with Dr. G, informing leaders, inspiring solutions, and I wish everyone a great week, and we'll be back next week. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you again for tuning in. Leadership Matters with Dr. G is broadcast live every Wednesday afternoon at 5 p.m. Eastern Time, 2 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Have a wonderful week and make your leadership matter.